Hey, hi, Saki. How are you? Pretty good. Could you could could you tell people a little bit how quarter three went? It was bad. Hi, Merlin. Now, are we? Do you want to read it again? No, no. It's <laughs> it's good. Is this the show? This is the show now, technically. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, you were, you were uh, for people who are just tuning in, you were setting my levels. Yeah, to my do level, some, e- some EQing because we've got a different thing in here. As you would say, a different dingus. Mm, did I sound thin? You sound a little thin, but now I've beef- you're beefy now. You'll be beefy. Yeah, I was worried I was a little bit, uh, what'd you say, morbidly obese? <laughs> well, I oh. was asking if you were, you know, from the gluten. From the gluten, yeah, boy, I feel like I'm closer than ever to cutting out the glutens. Yeah, yeah, really. I figure one step at a time. I'm, I'm going to try and start with wheat, even though I just had a breakfast sandwich. I, I'm going to start with the wheat because I think wheat's the killer. Oh, that is the killer. Yeah. Yes, anybody, I'll tell you, wheat's the killer. It's a gateway drug, really. Yeah. Did you listen to that song? I played it on. Yes, I did play that. I was well. It was a video that you sent me, yes. not just a song. What Videos. is it about it that uh, that you like so much? It's, it's perfect. It's, it's a perfect pop song. How is it? What, what makes it perfect? I'm not disagreeing. Oh, um, I think the uh, I think the tune is very catchy. It's got like five or six. We're talking about "Super Love" by Charlie XCX, which is the greatest song of the year and possibly of all time. Wow! And uh, it's uh, you, you listen to all that kind of music. I can't believe you don't enjoy that. It doesn't see. It doesn't have all that histrionic production that a lot of pop songs have now. Oh, with right. all the keyboards that go, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought you'd be more into it. I'm kind of bummed. No, I mean it's a neat, it's a neat uh, it's a neat song. It's because she's not blonde. No, it, it doesn't. I, I like Katy Perry a lot. I don't think she's blonde. That's true. She's kind of my number one. Is she really? Mm. She has a nice voice. She uh, she kissed a girl. I liked it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> How's everything going up? up there? Oh now? my gosh! Woo! Is this ever a big week, Dan? I have. Okay, can I, can I get one thing out of the way? I had... Man, Finally, yes. Hmm. 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 I, uh, I, I was thinking that this would be another good... Uh, it would be a good time to revisit our, our topic of calendars. And I was encouraging us to, to maybe have this be a show about calendars because it's something I'm very interested in. I, I would love that. We can do that. We can do that. But you know what I did? Turns out, I went back and listened to... Uh, I need to put this in the show notes, but uh, our calendar episode, episode 82... And I think 82, it, I th- 82, 82. Come on, Ray. That episode. Uh-huh. Count, and, uh, count cards. I, mm, definitely. And it's, uh, I think it stands on its own. I mean, I think there's more we can add to it. We can always amplify it. We can always amplify it. Yeah. Uh, I'd be happy to talk about calendars, but I have so much great fake follow-up this week. I think calendars is a great, a really great idea because I have some questions about that. I've been using oh calendars God. 5 since you told me about it. And... It's really, really, really great. Are they sponsors? They should <laughs> be sponsors. Disgusting. Talk about jackals. Jeez, Louise Riedel, Riedle, Hmm. Huh. So, so this is a, an application we talked about a week or two ago. That is my go-to iOS calendar, and Dan is giving it a throw. What are your uh, observations? Well, the main thing that I've always found to be a little bit tricky on an iOS calendar app was switching between views in a way that makes sense to the way that I want to do it. And so we, we've talked, what was the other app that I was using? Fantastical, mm-hmm. where you kind of slide the thing down, you kind of smudge it down from the top and you move left and right and things like that. And it just, it wasn't, it wasn't all that intuitive to me 
Uh, whereas this has the little bars, I guess you call that a, a sandwich. What is it? What do they call that? Where they have the three horizontal bars, they call that. Oh, one? the little, like a meat stack? Meat stack. <laughs> yeah, meat stack. And you, you, you tap your meat stack and you get to, you can switch between the month view, the list view, the day view. And for me, one of those things that I really like, I don't, I don't use tasks in the context of calendars very much. Um, I just that I don't know why. Like I want a separate, and I'm using. We could we could have as a segue or as you would say a tangent. Mm-hmm. We could talk about uh, task apps. I know we've talked about it a little bit before, but I, I like a dedicated app for that. But the list view looks so great on this, and the reason why I love the list view more than anything, it's this tiny little attention to detail. Is that in the little dot? So it shows for each of the things on your to do list. It'll show you a little. Like it, it, calendar dot. So if if you're like our live shows, uh, my live show calendar is a little green dot. And then I'll have, you know, like something we might do like for the office. If, if the other people at office here, we might all have like a little lunch. That's an orange dot. But if it's a phone call, it'll show a little phone in the little dot in the list. How does it know? How does it know? I don't know. I, I will put in as a title of my event call with Merlin, right? It's got to, that's got to be it. It has to be it because now there's these little little phone calls in there. It's just things like that. And then when there's a there's like there was this uh, big uh, fancy dribble meetup. So if you have a location put on to one of your events in the calendar, it will have a little uh the little location pin, if you will, will be inside of the dot. Little things like that it just shows you it's not like oh, what does this mean, you know, Merlin, oh, it's a little call. It, little things like that, and the the intelligence of the app is just so cool. So thank you uh, to Merlin Man for uh, sharing this app with me. You're very welcome. Can I give you one more to just just a little uh, fun thing? Go ahead, caller. Uh, thank you. Uh, the first time meter. Uh, uh, tap your meat pile and go to month. Yes, <laughs> meat pile. And then uh, zoom. What do you mean? Like, zo- opposite oh, pitch. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's it, even never, better. It just got yeah. better. So uh, it sounds weird to say zoom, <laughs> opposite of pinch. But when you're in month view, you can zoom like you would like in a photograph. And it'll take you into that part of the calendar that you're looking at to get more detail. I love that. And I love so, the way that when you're, when you're setting up a, an event or a meeting or a call, whatever it is, and you're scheduling it, you tap the little plus. I love the grid that it shows you that allows you to select your times and... It, it's I've never seen a grid like that before where you you just tap date, you pick the date from the little calendar grid, then you hit time and you pick the time. I've been using the heck out of this and it's to the point where I preferred and this is the first for me. <laughs> I prefer to set appointments and, and things like that on calendars on the iOS on the phone than I do even on BusyCal. I'm just saying they, they're is, not. Isn't that, a, isn't that a funny thing yeah. where the constraints of that uh, medium of that device give them can give a person a lot of creativity to yeah. figure out how to make best use of this. And, you know, I think, I think the model of accepting something like Fantastical, I think the model of mouse click type return and stuff like that on a Mac, it's obviously you want to make that as easy as possible. But, it, but in this instance, I think it's, it's really going out of its way to, to in, in a place where I want it to do thinking for me, it's doing some of the thinking for me. And uh, and yeah, and it's it's there's a lot of nice little things in that, and 
That's why I'm, I'm really glad you like it because I felt like kind of a doofus going like, well, it's this calendar up. But it, it really makes a huge difference. You're, now, to my, to my you know, wheelhouse, I, doesn't that make you a little more likely to want to write something down in your calendar yes. now that you like it? Yes. And that's the, that's the thing is like a lot of the time somebody would send me an email and say, hey, let's have a call at this time. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I got to put it in the calendar. You know, and instead... This is just the barrier of entry is uh, is lower. I'm really glad you like it. We'll put that into notes. There's already extensive show notes for this episode that you're listening to. Uh, what is this? Episode 139 of Back to Work. You can go to uh, get show notes. Please go look at the show notes. We put a lot of effort into these. Go to 5x5.tv slash B2W slash 139. That's B as in hand sanitizer, 2 as in T, and W as in wonder bar. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you can find all kinds of stuff. Uh, fake follow up. You can see my uh, my uh, OmniFocus uh, home screen on there, and some other good stuff. Yeah, I, you know, one good. I just something I wrote down here on a card. It would be, uh, something we've talked about probably before, but maybe something to return to. What's the difference? What is a task versus what goes on the calendar? Something that's so ingrained in my own head mm-hmm. that it would be easy for me to overlook that I think a lot of people don't make that much of a distinction. Especially if you've got a calendar. If you, For example, if you've been using Outlook for years, oh. if it works the way it used to, it's all kind of you know smashed together. It's like email equals calendar equals list equals different view. And uh, I, I think there's a lot of benefit to separating tasks from calendar items. So much so that they, I think they, you do benefit from having them in completely different places personally. Although calendar, and now again, if you're the kind of person who wants all that in one place, I think you could do a lot worse than calendars five. Have you used uh, Wonder List? Mm, yes, just I've looked just at it. purely for tests. All right, so this is what we've been trying here, and some of the things that it, well, the first thing that I really like about it is it's for both iOS and uh, and and also for Mac. I'm wondering if it's for Android too. I think it is. Let me just I'm looking at the page. I'll put this in the show notes too. But let me see. Anyway, but it's it's also a web app too. So what I like about this is that although it, it's relatively straightforward for doing things like tasks, uh, and okay, so it, they've got a Mac app, they've got a Windows app. It it can be installed as like a Chrome widget. It does work on Android and iOS. So the answer is yes, it does all of those things. And of course, it's also just on the web. There's this Wonderlist Pro, which I'm not really using, that adds some features like you can do commenting and you can assign tasks to different people. But, but it's what, got share. I mean, sh- just to get the obvious out of the way, you got sharing. Share. Oh right? yeah, sharing it's is built, built in. Built in, and you can share it with anyone who has the app at all, or you can even just email a list to somebody. It will do that. But what I like about this is if I uh, I might have a, a a list and I want to share the list with somebody, and let's say you know show prep or whatever. You might have 10 items on the list. You can share that list and people, other people can add to it. They can check things off. With the pro, you could assign it. So like, I want to assign this to the producer and this to the engineer or whatever. But I just love that it's in on all of the devices. I can get to it in a web browser and it it's just, it's really, really nice. And the syncing is a really handy thing. And that's part of the reason why instead of like messing with like Google shared calendars and having tasks on the different calendars, I've just, I've been trying this out and I, I really like it. I, uh, I know a lot of people love it. I haven't spent any, you know, meaningful time with it, but I, I was always intrigued by remember the milk because at the heart of it, remember the milk seemed like a service with an API. Yeah. it had. Oh, right. I remember that. Yeah. It was really neat. And it was, 
the downside of it, if there, if you could call it a downside, was it was endless, so endlessly flexible. You could use it for so many things. <laughs> right. But you know, and you could sit there and because it didn't have hardwired, whatever you want to call it, it didn't have a hardwired taxonomy in the same way that most apps do, where you have a right. You know, established these ten tags or contexts or whatever you want to call it. You, it was very free form, but. Um, I think apps like that are very appealing. I, you know, I, David Allen we, in, in Getting Things Done talks about like how you know people get, get really frustrated because they get very into their system for doing things, and then when they get it going really well, it's frustrating to them that it's not easy to do that with other people. And you know, and, and historically, the apps that do that well, that do things like sharing and do all of that, uh, can be either real fiddly or, in some cases, really like underpowered. Hmm. You know, where like. There's like we have a we have a reminders list that my wife and I share called Home, right. which is just stuff like remember to move the car because tomorrow's parking, um, you know, street cleaning day. Remember to take take out the trash cans, right. stuff like that. Um, where it's useful to have that combination of location and time. But uh, is it is it working for you so far? Yeah, it's been really really great. It's been all of everything you've shared with me uh, has has been really good. Well, not not wonderless though. I heard about that from, I think, like Mike Hurley was the first one I ever heard it from. And I, I think it's, I know it's real popular. I seem to remember for a time people thinking it was similar to things in a lot of ways. I could be remembering mm. that wrong. But, you know, whatever. Things was good. For, I think things is still being developed, right? I mean, they're still, they're still working on that. Yeah, you don't hear about it as much as you used to, but yeah. that was ever the go-to for a lot of Mac people for a very long time. And, and it was much less, if memory serves, it was less costly than... OmniFocus, which was its right. clearest competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, can I mention OmniFocus too? Yeah, what? Of course. Um, uh, who I worked with before, and who has sponsored the show before. Uh, Omni Group has put out OmniFocus two for iPhone, and uh, it's pretty. It's pretty great. It's um, you can see that screen grab, and that's what the home screen looks like in uh, in OmniFocus, and it's added a bunch of really nice features. Um, it's very iOS seven looking. Um, in a way that I think works. I mean, if you're on iOS 7, you might as well have apps that look like iOS 7, but it uses that design language um, and the, the icon style and everything, but it's got a bunch of really nice new features I just wanted to mention. It's available on the App Store. Um, they still have Omni, you know, OmniFocus for iPad is still out there. It doesn't have the same look and features. Um, and then, of course, there's OmniFocus for the Mac. These are all separate products, to my knowledge. But um, you got the new look. Oh, this is a great one that I've been creating forever. Um, if you're doing a quick capture of stuff, like if you just want to dump a bunch of information, they've added a wonderful new feature where they've got this little inbox. You can go into the inbox, you just enter an item, like enter a string, like call Dan, boom, hit the plus button, enter another, Dan, boom, boom, and just enter in item after item. Right. It's a very, very, it's, it seems like a no-brainer now, but it's something some apps have had, but OmniFocus didn't have. I'm really glad they added it. Um, because sometimes, you know, when you really get your juices flowing, you want to write a bunch of stuff down fast without, you know, processing it. That's pretty great. Um, the forecast view is now on the home screen, which is great, which means anything that's got starting and due dates can show up in your forecast. So, you know, we'll get back to this when we talk about task forces calendars, if we, if we do that. Yeah. But, um, I mean, one thing that distinguishes, I think there's an important thing to distinguish um, you just texted me. Hi. Um, well, just a little, that, you know, that's the, our back channel. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> these slides are boring. <laughs> right there, back channel. I think of people at a talk. Yeah. Um, a calendar event is something that happens in a specific time and place, generally with somebody else. 
that you've made an obligation to where you have to be somewhere at a certain time, you know, I think that adding that coordinate of, of time and space is very important. And the way I think to paraphrase David Allen, you know, don't put anything on your calendar that won't die if it's not done that day. In other words, don't put things that you're speculatively thinking about doing on there. This is where you, like we talked about in previous shows, it's not a great idea to put five-hour blocks of writing time on your calendar unless that's something you have a habit of doing well. If you do... Oh, like if if, you in five, other words, if you sit down and like you realistically, you're going to sit down and write for five hours. If that's you, mm-hmm. then do and that. Exactly, exactly. Well, here's the way to look at it. Is, is one reason I think people don't use their calendar or don't trust their calendar is like through a lot of things in GTD, if you know there's stuff on there that's not really real, uh-huh. you stop taking it seriously. So it, we're back to that putting compost in your CRISPR problem. So right. if there's stuff on your calendar where you're just, you know, kind of idly tossing things on there, I don't, don't want to be glib, but I think people do this. They'll say, you know, put things on there like this, this day is this thing that I have to do and they'll yeah. put it as an all day event. Well, the problem is, if you don't do that event on that day, what will happen? Hmm. Well, it's okay. I'll just move it to the next day. That's not good for your calendar. That's a task. A task is something that needs to be done and may have a deadline. But I would, I would really say just use your calendar. And, and the way that this works inside of getting things done is you have what David Allen calls the hard landscape, which is all the stuff that you've got to do. So you might start your day by looking at like what meetings do I have today that I know I have to do? What deadlines do I have today? And then find ways to kind of spackle and fill in all of those places in between with things that work well with your priorities, context, energy, time available, and so forth. That's the ninja trick. And so I think that's why it's really worthwhile to separate those things. Now, in OmniFocus, the, the forecast view is, has been a great addition. It's, it's been wonderful, especially on the iPad. And now it's working great on the, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's been good on the um, iPhone too, but it's really good on the iPad. Now this new one's great. So basically, if you've got something that's, that's due, you'll see like a number count today. Like these are all the things that are due today or flagged today, you know, or however you've decided you want this to be established. So anyhow, uh, that's a great way to go in and say, before I do anything else today, I'm going to go click on that forecast view and say, today I see I have these three dated items that are due. And then you figure out, well, do I really have to do these? Well, yeah, I do. Well, then I got to do them. And if I don't really have to do them, maybe I'll take off that due date. Because that's probably, that's not helping me to have a fake due date on there. Again, GTD, the idea is never put a due date on something unless it dies if it's not done that day. It, it sounds, sounds hard. I don't always do that. I'm not great at that. But if you do that, you will trust your list more. Because you'll know, because you know, it's not more than two or three steps from I'm going to put some flags and deadlines on these to I have 35 things that I'm mad I didn't do yesterday. And then now you're not doing any of them because they don't really have any right. sense of priority to them anymore. So uh, anyway, I just want to mention that. <clears throat> and also it uh, <clears throat> takes advantage of the background app refresh functionality mm-hmm. so that if you choose to allow it to, OmniFocus will now, it used to be in previous iOSs, by and large, your app had to be foreground in order to do things like update. And it I won't go into all the gritty details, but iOS 7 now has the ability to intelligently do updates in the background. So your tasks will be synced without you having to open it. It's a pretty neat thing. It's a very neat thing. <clears throat> so I just want to mention that. <clears throat> Dan, I got a lot of follow-up here. You know what? Uh, could you tell me about something you like? I can do that. I. <laughs> just, I'm just stalling a little bit. While no, I... no, no. Well, and I'll just say while you're doing that, I will just say that I would like to start oh, I'm ready. things. I. <laughs> Negatory. <laughs> <laughs> so that I a, is that was, a, that was a pirate pilot, <laughs> right? Ah, hey, Harry. 
Uh, Merlin, can I, Dan, qu- about- <laughs> can I ask you a question? <clears throat> yeah, Dan, what's up? Did you know, this is a little, a little quiz for you. Did you know that email is still the number one form of business and personal communication, and yet 90% of all mail is spam? Is it really that much? Merlin, have you ever had to deal with spam in your, in- in your inbox? Hi. <laughs> Uh, I have dealt with spam. Spam has been creeping back into my inbox. There's a lot of ladies who want to meet me. Lately. Oh, you get this? A new, a new uh, resurgence of of interest from the ladies. That's it's very resurgent. It's a spate. It's that steak you've been eating. Last I'm time getting, I saw Merlin, he's like, I need, I need lemon tea. I need some steak. I'm gonna take a necktie, <laughs> tie this ribeye to my face. <laughs> I'll breathe when I'm done. That's number one. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I, I lately I've been getting a lot of these. Hi, I found you on the dating site, and you seem really nice. My boyfriend and I had decided to take some time off, and well, I don't think we'll get back together. <laughs> I, I've been getting two of those a day from different ladies. So, I, Dan, can I just say? Yeah. First of all, number one, I did not know that ninety percent of mail was spam. And yes, B, I have had a problem with it. Do you have Dan? Do you have any ideas for a solution for how to deal with this? I do have a solution. It's called MailRoute. It is a secure hosted email filtering service. But this is a nice this is a nice thing. With with most email filtering services, they send you a lot of equipment. You have to dedicate a space in your home to have the usually refrigerator sized equipment. No equipment with MailRoute. There's no software to install. Right, you don't have to do anything like that. What what MailRoute is? It's hosted email filtering. Okay, this is it, it's it's incredibly easy to to implement this, and the mail volume on your servers is going to be reduced by how much ninety percent because that's the spam. So this is the thing. This is the same uh, folks behind. Uh, if you remember this forefront email filtering service from from way back, these guys went and said, "We're going to make something better. We're going to innovate something better. We're going to make it even more customizable." Okay, and uh, and so here's the thing. You can you can you put this and this sort of lives in between you and your mail servers, so that you're not in there configuring things. You're not in there messing around with stuff. It just lives in that little space. You don't have to say, "Oh, well, what if I check the email on my phone? What if I check the email on my, you know?" Because oh, well, I only have the spam filtering software on my Mac and not you know whatever the PC I use at work. Forget about all that. This takes care of everything. Okay? So they, they get rid of it before you even before it even exists. gets to you. And if, if, so if you're like an, a developer and you want to integrate this, you want to automate the management of filtering your email, you want to integrate it with your own systems, they've got Merlin's favorite stuff, RESTful JSON APIs. Uh, they even have scripts that will port information out of like Postini or Forefront into MailRoute in one step. And uh, so I said, listen, guys, this sounds really nice, but our listeners, you're going to have to convince them to try this out. And they said, well, we'll, we'll tell you what, we will give you a 15 day free trial. And 10% off the lifetime of your account. Oh? Mm-hmm. So you've got, there's a special uh, little URL you can go to. It's MailRoute, and that's for the, for those in the UK. It's net slash B as in brothers, 2 as in women, W as in ladies, B2W. To start your 15-day free trial, promo code is back to work. And go check this out. It'll be in the show notes. And uh, it really, really is nice. This is the simplest thing. You just, all you have to do is change your DNS MX record. And that's it. Boom. You can go give and customize that, give this. URL. Give me the URL once again. MailRoute, M-A-I-L-R-O-U-T-E dot net slash B-2-W. Mm. 
Thank you very much to MailRoute for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work with Merlin. Dan, you're, you're starting to drive a really hard bargain. 15 days and 10% off lifetime. Yeah, lifetime. So you sign up, it's 10% off forever. You're, 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 you're bulking up. Well, you know, I've been doing some heavy lifting, deadlifts. Have you been, have you been tapping your meat stack? Be honest. More on this show than usual. Yes. Well, I'm glad you feel free. I like that video, the one part of that video where the uh, the woman has the little uh, red halter top. Mm-hmm. Is that the part that you were talking about? I like the part where she dances with the robots. It's pretty cool. Where yeah, is she, to- Shanghai? Uh, nice. Tokyo. Oh. Tokyo. Tokyo. Hi. Tokyo. She's, she's from England. Hi. She's from, um, from England. From England. That's in... Uh, uh, Char- Charlie XCX. That's in Wales. Mm. Hmm. No, I think you're thinking of Belgium. I'm going to go on record as saying I think that is going to be the pop hit of the year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that in show notes? Yes. Oh, did I tell you about the thing Brett wrote for us? No. Uh, you know uh, Brett Terpstra? Terpstra. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote for me a little, um, a little embed thing that's going to allow listeners of this program to embed all the programs really to embed the five by five player and show on their website with like, oh my god that's so awesome yeah he's good so like if you like the show and you're like i i was really helped by this episode of uh back to work with merlin man now i can embed this and go listen right here and you don't have to send them away to five by five you just they can just embed it right in there in a little player a little thing you get it to go so i'm gonna i have to roll that out. i have to push it out as you say Hmm. It's that uh, do- oh, you got to deploy it. I got to deploy it. Mm-hmm. He's is a that coder, HTML- that one. Oh, he'll he'll code the bejesus out of something. Is that HTML5? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it got, got a flash fallback? Sure, of course. Check, always. Check the, check the VARs. <laughs> I'm check the VARs. All right. <sighs> hey, wow. Our thanks <clears throat> to Brett Terpstra for, <clears throat> for, 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 uh, for uh, 5x5 to go. Wow. No, that's actually a really nice thing. It is a nice thing. Can we talk yeah. about this other nice thing you told me about that I'm already hooked on? Yeah. Fitbit. <gasps> you got your Fitbit. You sent me a photograph of your handsome wrist. Yeah, well, you uh, you told me how great this thing was and how life-changing it was. So uh, while we were doing the show last week, I actually put in an order for one from Amazon. Maybe I should relink it. Uh, it's, 70, it's 75 bucks, and it's called... The Fitbit Flex. I'm just going to find that and put that into the show notes. And what this does is it comes... Oh, now it's 98 uh, bucks. I don't know why. It was cheaper. I think that's what mine was. Yeah. Maybe I paid 98 bucks and didn't know it. I just... I'm I'm such a Merlin fan. If you say buy it, I just click submit. I say buy, you say how high. That's right. So I, the, uh, last week's episode, also 138, the last maybe half or two thirds was... Jumping off from my new Fitbit. So if you're interested in that, one, uh, episode 138 uh, will give you a lot of the texture for why Dan's so uh, excited now. So I've, I've developed a new sort of uh, OCD tick of now <laughs> tapping, tapping my Fitbit a lot. I tap it a lot. even More just, than your meat stack? Way more than my... And uh, I might just be walking through the office at while I had some more... Sedative. How close am I to the thing and setting the goal and everything else? Uh, and it, it really is pretty cool. This thing is really, really cool. What do you um? So, uh, if I may, uh, you—is this your first uh, yes. auto tracking? Totally. Thing? I think I wore a uh, a little pedometer, the kind that have the little rotating 
numbers, you know, the, the like legit mechanical. Oh, the kind you get out of a comic book. Yeah, I, I think I had that back in the 80s. <laughs> you look so handsome i was really i mean hair and your sideburns walking around big, the mall. big pimping it may have even had an attachment where you could have your attach your keys to it i think but i can't i can't really be sure but i had a moment of panic this morning because last night i was i've been looking at the fitbit and it's been telling me how little sleep i actually get usually like five and a half hours so last night i said i'm going to go to bed early and I was really tired and I went to bed and I forgot to do the thing where you tap it a bunch of times to put it in the sleep mode. And I woke up this morning and my heart sank because I realized, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't tell it about that. But you can go into the app and you can tell it when you went to sleep and tell it when you woke up and it will, it will log your sleep and it'll still show you when you were restless and when you were not and all that stuff. It does? Yeah. I thought it just put in one big wide uh, swath. No, it, it puts it in over the time, but because you were still wearing it, it understands that you are now sleeping and it'll mark the little areas as like when you're- I had no idea it would do I that. I thought you something. And the student becomes the teacher. I, I, I'll tell you, man, I, uh, <laughs> I'll take it a step further. I feel mad and ripped off. Like when I when I go out somewhere, like oh man, I like did an errand for my family and I didn't get any points. I feel like oh man, like I, I left it plugged in, All you right. know, I left, left it charging. Oh man, and I'll go in and I'll, I'll like my, my wife's gone to bed and I'll go, honey, honey, I'll shake her a little bit. It's like, did you turn your Fitbit? Because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get her sleep points. Yeah, was that sobering for you though to see the actual? It was a leading question. It was very sobering for yes. me to see the actual numbers on how. How sobering was it to see the actual numbers? Uh, the one thing you for neglected to tell me is that when you tap it a few times to put it into sleep mode, I assume your room is dark. We should talk about sleep conditions. M- make a note of that, if you will, for a future episode of, of how to get good sleep. But you 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 tap this thing it's a few pitch times. It's black. Yeah. When I go to a hotel, I bring tape. I tape over the LEDs. Nice. I, I don't want to see. I've turned my, my, my our clock radio to the lowest setting. I don't want a single sliver of light. Right. 100% paleo. Exactly. So you tap this thing and two lights shine on it when you when it goes into sleep mode just the two lights but you told i think you mentioned that but you didn't say that they look like eyes owl, like an owl owl's eyes. eyes yeah so especially if you're tired yeah they look like a little creepy allies going hoo, hoo, is it right weird up. that i let, i think of the fitbit as a friend oh no i think it's sweet mm-hmm. i haven't named it's it like, or anything as far as you know oh i'm gonna call mine steppy <laughs> steppy joe yeah I love you, Steppy Joe. Comes with two two bands. There's a man band and a lady yep. band. Lady band. <laughs> well, and the nice thing is I did some wife swapping where we each have one, so we can now we have one color of each. Oh. What mm-hmm. color do you have? I have the noir and she has the uh the uh, azure, the azul. <laughs> right. Yeah, you got the did you get the did you get the uh the black one? Did you get the uh no, did you get the black one? You got the black one, yeah. Cut that out. Um, I will edit this out and post. I like it. And I, so I thought you were just showing off your handsome Timex. I like your watch. I like that you don't have a super costly watch. I, I figured you'd be one of those guys with one of those monstrous watches. Uh, I, I do have, <laughs> uh, as, as you say, to be honest, I do have an expensive giant watch that I wear sometimes. But the watch that I usually wear is a Timex. I think it's called the Weekender. And right now I'm it's, wearing the it's one handsome and manly, and I and it's from Target too. But you can get it on Amazon. I'll link that. Target's up. a great company. I, I hope I look forward to seeing you on Rich Kids uh, on Instagram. Yeah, soon. 
But I do have an awesome G-Shock watch. It's really, really huge, and it's awesome, and I love it. And it, uh, it's not like the regular that's a, one. That's a wrapper, I think. Well, that's if I you wear it's... it around your neck. Oh, if you get the very, very, very large one. <laughs> yeah. You're in, yeah, that's right. S1Ws. Uh, I'm glad you like it. You feel like it was money well spent? The Fitbit, yeah. And everybody who's seen one, everybody who sees it, it comments on it in a positive way, or they're just being very nice to me either way. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really cool. And I know some other people that got the jawbone one and then they saw my Fitbit one and they said, well, I'm getting that instead. And they're, they've tossed aside their jawbone for the Fitbit. Tossed it aside. Yeah. I'm going to start telling people it's uh, one of those Arnold Palmer things with, uh, with copper in it for my arthritis. Bursitis or arthritis? I know you've got both. You ever seen those at the Walgreens? You can buy those things that got activated copper magnets in them, and, and they're supposed to help you with your arthritis. I actually, my uh, my father wore one of those a uh, long time ago and claimed that it helped. Really? What mm-hmm. do you think? Think it helped? I think it helps if you think it helps, Merlin. Yes. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> uh, Fitbit. Damn, we got so much follow up. We can talk about calendars. Uh, I'm gonna. You want me to run you through some of the things I got here, and you can cut me short. Walk me. Walk. Uh, talk. Talk through it with me. Okay. Two talk steps. Or as they used to say in sales, I'd like talk to, to the talk, slides. talk to the slides now. What does that mean, Dan? <laughs> I hear people say it, and I still don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. Talk, let me talk to the slides. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> let me. Let me. Let me talk to this sock puppet I brought along. <laughs> hey, hi, Saki. How are you? Pretty good. Could you could could you tell people a little bit how quarter three went? It was bad. <laughs> uh, let, let me just talk to the sock. <laughs> oh, Merlin! <laughs> All right. Um, I got a new iPhone. What? Mark, Wait, which Mark, one? Mark Two is out by Brett Terpstra. We've got the Evernote book by Brett Kelly. We've got mentioning the uh, Mac Power Users episode on security, mm-hmm. and we've got the uh, Charlie XCX song "Super Love." Right, and I've got more too, but that's that's the top level ones. Uh, oh, look iPhone. at this! Target has both of the watches that I have: the light face and the dark face, as you say, and I will put them both mm-hmm. into the. Uh, <laughs> it's not about race. No, both in the show. This, this show notes is going to be chock full of good stuff. Massive, huge, huge. Acceptable. <laughs> did did you see what I posted? What the uh, what I score my score my big time score this week at the comic shop? I, did, I, I don't know if I saw your score. Tell oh, me your score. I don't. I, I want to hear your rea- your genuine reaction to this. So I have a photo of it that I'm going to text to you right okay. now. I'm preparing myself. This is big. This is big time. I'm touching my thumb. Okay. It says sending dot dot dot. And you've got a new you've got a new iPhone. Which one did you get? I'll tell you later. Okay, it says sent. Delivered, actually, is what it says. Oh, my Only God. one. Only one you in the whole store. You got a superior Spider-Man. Not that. You got a, you got a lemon grab plush? Yes. <gasps> I was so excited. I was jumping up and down in the aisles. <laughs> Acceptable. <laughs> He's so cute. He's so awesome. And harrowing. You know, Dan, I, just, I, I want to get back to your plush in a minute. But the more I see... The, the lemon family that they've made out of the candy crystals, uh-huh. the candy seeds, yeah. the more I see of those and how horrifying they are, the more terrifying lemon grab looks to me in retrospect. Oh, Don't they, not just the baby. I mean, there's been several episodes or at least a couple episodes now where they go to the castle and have to deal with the lemon family. 
Right. They're so disturbing. Yeah, it's really odd. Long story short, Prebos gave them a whole bunch of candy seeds that should have kept the entire Lemon family happy forever, the two Earls of Lemon Grab. Yes, there are two. But instead, they couldn't stop compulsively using the candy to create genetic mutations of themselves. And it's not going well, and now they're starving. <laughs> they're horrific. Yeah, it is a horror show. <laughs> Real horror show. Real horror show. What, what did you... Did you hide this from Cash? I bet Cash. Liked no, it's it. there. That will never. That will stay here at the office next to the Ice King. You got an Ice King? Yeah, of course. Oh man, I should get more stuff. Boy, that is handsome. You know, I wish they wouldn't put those big tags on things. Isn't that frustrating? Yeah, I've got to. I've got to peel that thing off. But then I'm worried that if I peel it off, if I rip it, yeah. it'll pull the stitches. But if I <laughs> cut it, then there'll be that little white line. Dan, my Fitbit can tell you this literally keeps me up at night. <laughs> I hate tags and things. I'm like a crazy person with the tags. Are you? And oh, you kidding me? Like just yesterday, I was wearing the shirt that I'm wearing right now. Oh, and, wait uh, a minute. It was what? only day two or three. Oh. And so I, I, I reached up and I go, and I tear out the AA tags. AA tags, let me just tell you, rip out pretty easy. Pretty easy. AA but on this, tags. Uh, you just use that abbreviation with me. American Apparel. All um, right. Yeah, I did uh, do that. Yeah, which one am I? The middle. So you could go in, I think, with an exacto, but if you get it wrong, you're going to have worse than a tag. You're going to have like a tag stublet. Nothing, yes. the only thing worse is one thing. So you got to go out, you buy a kid's toy. And first of all, you're, if it's a baby, that's fine because babies love tags. But if you want to be a gentleman and cut the tag off your plush, you're, you get in there. You might want to get in there with like a, like get, hire my friend Bridget, the seamstress, to help with this. You might want to get in there and actually like physically unstitch it and take it out and then. They call it micro restitching, micro restitch the lemon grab. Because if you ever done that though, you start to cut off a tag and all that's left is this little 16th of an inch of tag. Right. I hate that. I hate it more than anything. It's the worst. It, nothing is more emblematic of my failure as a human being than a 16th of an inch mm. of stiff tag. I know. So Cash hasn't seen it at all. No. No. Straight to, straight no. And I did right get the- two issues of the Superior Spider-Man and I got one of the new hologram covers of uh, Court of Owls, number one. Just because it's so cool. It's holographic. Yeah. They've gotten better with those. The first week of those, they <laughs> they were all curling like almost all the way over. Really? Oh, yeah. It was hilarious. But no, there were lines outside my local for those. Uh, what week before last? The big villain week? Mm-hmm. Did you get Penguin? No, I didn't get Penguin. I saw it. I didn't get it. Oh, the Penguin looked kind of cool. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, God damn. We got a lot of follow-up here. Should we mention Mark II? Let's mention Mark II. Uh, is that okay? Mark II? Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Then we could do Mark a little II. sponsor. Oh, gosh. You know what? Before I talk about Mark, Dan, can I ask you a favor? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, first time marker. <laughs> could you talk about something you like? You know what? When I was out in Portland for XOXO, which is a great time for all, I met uh, Jean Grain. She took us to, uh, what was the name of this? Uh, chicken Park and Kitchen chicken Park. Park. Chicken Park and Chicken. Yeah. She said, did, 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 did you see one of one of my friends got me a signed chicken? Yeah, I did. It's an Electra and a Satellite Sam Lady. So nice. Well, what that these? Was, that was John Hibbs. Thank John you. Hibbs. John Hibbs. Not John Huber. John Hibbs. Oh. He's thinking John Gruber. Oh right, he was out there at XOXO too. It's pronounced Zoso. Oh Zoso, like uh, Jimmy Page. No, please continue. Park and Chicken. Well, if you need to do anything with PDFs, oh brother, I know what you're going to talk about. It's called PDF Pen. And Merlin, we have some big news. If you, oh, first of all, if people don't know what PDF Pen is all about, 
This thing lets you add signatures, make changes to text and images, correct typos, fill out forms, anything that you possibly want to do with a PDF file. You can do with PDF pen that you can't do with any kind of built-in application, even some of the fancy Adobe stuff. Anything legal and moral that you would like to do to a PDF. That's right. If you have a scan document, let's say you get you get something ridiculous from your kid's school and you want to do something with this, well, it includes OCR. So you can convert oh, you know, the scan they're, they're, into text. Schools, at schools, Dan, they're so great about carefully making a PDF where the form fields actually let you type in them. Oh, yeah. They, oh, they're, they're so good about that. Right. But if you want to... So, so let's say that you have something you want to... You, you have scanned in or you have as a PDF file and you don't want to send it out. It's got your social number. It's got your tax ID and you, you, can, you can perform redaction. You can remove stuff you want to keep private. Now they've got PDF Pen 6 is out. And, uh, but we have some big news. They have something brand new. It's called PDF Pen Scan Plus. Okay. This is the coolest thing in the whole world. You have the power of your office. You remember how, uh, is it Doc, uh, Doc Ock says the power of his son in the palm of my hand? Hmm. Does he say that? In one of those movies? Now you can have the power of your office right in your pocket. You can scan contracts, invoices, and receipts as PDFs with your iPhone or iPad. You can use OCR to make the scanned image into editable text. It's $4.99 in the App Store. That's crazy. You want to hear the crazy part? Go ahead, caller. It works. It does work. <laughs> you walk up to something, you take a photograph of it, you hit the little nubbin and say, make this into letters, and then it uh, scans it and you got text. It's, it's uh, weird because when you think about this, this is one of those things that just seems like it should always have worked this way. And it, it works so elegantly and so nice. Now, you can get PDF Pen. It's 60 bucks in the Mac App Store. Or you can get it directly from Smile. You can get PDF Pen Pro for 100 bucks. That allows you to do things like create those forms that we were saying we wish the schools did. You can control document permissions and all those kinds of settings. Anyway, they've got a ton of stuff over at smilesoftware.com slash 5x5. Uh, but keep in mind, four ninety nine in the App Store for this thing. And it's, it's more than worth it. Can I just lodge one complaint with you and by extension, Gene? Sure. I'm having trouble envisioning what this might look like in practice. Is there any chance that they might be able to find some kind of a video or anything that could show people how to use this? Yeah, they've got a, a young man who goes by the name of uh, Max Sparky, mm-hmm. who has made a ton of really, really great videos and things that walk through all these features. It's not like they're that hard to use, but when you see it done by somebody like David... Uh, who's just such a pro at this stuff. You see it done, you're like, oh yeah, of course. And then you start doing it, you start doing it every day. Uh, and it, it lets you cheat. You want to hear how well, I, I cheated a little bit today? Yes. We, the Austin Comic Con is in November. And they have you do tons of these stupid forms that are pretty much the same every single year. And the only thing that changes on these forms is the date of the actual conference, but they're going to look and they're going to see that you're using last year's form. And you know, you have to like tape your business card to it and scan it and all this nonsense. Well, instead of doing that, I opened up PDF pen last year's form and I just edited and changed the, I changed the month or the dates of the month from, you know, last year it was November 22nd. This year it's November 24th. I just changed the dates on it and that was it. Mailed it off to him. Took, you know, 30 seconds to do that instead of having to print out the form or go into, I didn't even have to, add, you know, re-edit their form. I just, just changed the date from last year right there, edit the text. It was great. It's a, it's a lifesaver. Uh, it can take so much time. I mean, you're back in that world of like that whole like fax hell of having to go back to the office and right. do a thing and find a telephone somewhere. 
Um, and, and let me just really underscore, though, uh, David's videos for these things are really terrific. We kid the little guy. But, you know, it's like the difference between showing a magic trick and explaining it. Like, right. you know, if you just tell somebody that a rabbit comes out of the hat, it's not that impressive. But when you see it, it's pretty great. And uh, this is a really neat product. And these are good people, good to the network, good to the show. Please go check this out. That's not enough, Dan. That's not enough money to charge for that. No, the four ninety nine. more money. I'll let yeah. them know. Is that picture of you on the page? Is, is, is that you on, our, on the smile page? Well, There's see. a very handsome, muscular man in a polo shirt using an iPad. And is that, so I think that lo- it looks a lot like you. No, I don't hold my iPad that way. I had a feeling straight up and down, Merlin. But you do have a Wi-Fi iPad, right? I've got the cellular Wi-Fi, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, we got the cellular. Yeah, okay. But I don't use it. That's that's what Cash has now. That's his iPad. I don't actually have an iPad anymore. Hmm. hmm. Nexus Seven. Wackadoodle. Mm-hmm. So seriously, our thanks uh, to PDF Pen Scan Plus, our with- friends at Smile, Gene Gray McDonald with. I was going to say, well, I was just going to say that David Sparks has the PDF Pen Scan Plus video. It's up there on the site at that URL. So I'm sorry. I was unclear about that. Yes. If you go to smallsoftware.com slash B2W, at least at the time the show is out, because they're nice about keeping this page updated to yeah. what we're talking about on the show. Go and check it out. See if this might be right for you. And our thanks to uh, Smile for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. <clears throat> I think I'm gargling a little cheese. You know what I mean? <laughs> What? I don't know. You said it. He's got a really good job. <laughs> He's so nice to me. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> what? I gotta get more of this tea. Are great. you still drinking? You know, I looked for it in the Whole Foods and the Trader Joe's, but they didn't. We have Trader Joe's now. I'm. You know what? I don't care about San Francisco anymore. We got everything you got now. Well, then we're in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care either. Yeah. But uh, it turns out my wife got. <laughs> My wife got a little mixed up. It's, it's Andronico's that had it. So uh, my apologies in advance to the people looking for 365 tea. Um, boy, we got a lot of stuff here. Can I, can I go over Mark II? Yeah, of course. It's my new, uh, it's new armor I'm making. <laughs> oh, good one. <laughs> yeah, even. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> boy, I really, really intensely hate myself right now. Marked. Mark II. So here's the deal. Uh, you guys know about Markdown. This is where we really, really get people excited. If you're using Markdown, you're writing in Markdown, you really want to look at this app uh, Brett Terpster made called Marked. And Mark... <laughs> I want to say all that it does, but that, that's really undersells it. All it does, it's a preview app for whatever you have written or are writing in Mark. So the neat thing about Mark is you write in plain text, just easy stuff. It's this simplified subset of HTML, blah, blah, blah. You guys know what this is. What Mark does is you can just drop a document that you're, for example, let's say you're editing something in TextMate or NVAlt or what have you, drop it onto Marked, and in a separate window now in this app, you see a live, mostly live update of what you're doing as you're doing it. So you drag in an image and format it, and it shows up in Marked. It updates when it detects a change. Uh, it does amazing stuff. The All along, Marked has done this. For things like if you have a very long document, and you make an edit very far down the page, it notices where you are on the page and updates the preview to go where that was. Great stuff, beautiful uh, <clears throat> themes and style sheets. Wonderful app. The new version of Marked is just terrific. Uh, so you go marked2app.com. It's also in show notes. Uh, it's got some great stuff. Given that this is a preview app, you know, you're going to use this for things that you're working on right now. Uh, I, don't, I think this is new. I don't think this has always been in there, but maybe it has. You can now drop a, a folder of documents, a whole big giant folder of documents onto Marked, and it'll preview whatever the last updated file was. 
So let's say you're working on like a book and you've got 10 chapters. Mm-hmm. If you jump from one chapter to the other, what appears, it won't try to chunk on 700 files or whatever. Whatever the last updated thing in that folder was is what marked will show. Very clever. If you're working on lots of text files and doing like honest to goodness writing, super duper helpful. It works with things like you can use it with um, Scrivener. Uh, it works with Mars Edit. Like it's, there's all kinds of apps that, that it's integrated with. Really super cool. Here's my new, I think, favorite thing. When you're in the preview, so you're typing away, in my case, in NVL, I'm looking at the resulting rendered HTML or whatever in, uh, in Marked. But let's say it's a very long document. There's a setting in there that will now let you collapse sections in the same way that you would like fold code mm. in an IDE. Mm-hmm. So you can go in and click on what you and I would know to be an H1 or an H2. So if I type on, say, H1 is the name of the, the page. H2 is this section. H3 is this subsection. If I type on that H2, like, say, you know, that second item, everything under that collapses up, and all I see is the name of the headline and a mm. little mark indicate that it's hidden. And it remembers it, is what's amazing. It, it, like, even between sessions, it seems to remember this. This is I used it on show notes today, where I just wanted to focus on this follow-up section. So I collapsed all the other sections, only that part updated, hugely helpful. Um, it's got a wonderful new search. It'll actually do regular expressions now, case-sensitive searches inside. Uh, here's one that I think is really clever. Have you ever heard of the Plain English campaign? This sounds familiar. I, remind me what that is. Um, it, I don't know if it's the same thing, but you know, you know, for example, on Wikipedia, um, there's got so many different versions of Wikipedia articles. There's a Wikipedia, if for popular, you know, for, for a lot of Wikipedia articles, you can find a version that basically somebody who has had a fairly modest education would be able to read and get most of the, the gist of it. Really handy, right? But wouldn't it be great if we all just started writing in a way that was plainer? If we started following some of the things in Strunk and White, there's this thing called the Plain English Campaign that's been around for a while uh, that I'm finding very inspiring. And it's this idea of trying to simplify the way that you write, to take a lot of the things that most of us know we should be doing with writing and then do a few other little things. You can still vary your sentence lengths or whatever, but it's in notes. Go look at Plain English Campaign. It now supports Plain English Campaign highlighting. So (laughs) if you find yourself typing things like, at this point in time, it can highlight and say, mm, why don't you just say now? That's really cool. Uh, do you really need to say in the absence of, I don't have it open right now, but stuff like in the absence of, couldn't you just say without? Mm-hmm. And just plain really English. Try, yeah, it's got several things like this. It's got things like uh, readability it'll, in the sense that it'll tell you like how readable it is. I don't know if it's Fleischkinkade or what it is, but if you're somebody who's writing stuff in Markdown, you really need to look at Marked. It is. It makes having this one viewport into all the ways you make Markdown is really cool, and the ability to make the style sheets the way you want, it's all just great. Uh, Brett Trips is amazing, and I want you to support him. And so, uh, if uh, please at least go have a look at it. I think he's got a video up on the site. Um, he's, he makes such beautiful... You ever look at his own personal site? He's got a beautiful oh, it, web... It's beautiful. This is a guy who cares about every little detail. The usability of his site is just amazing. Yeah, so whether using uh, Vim, Emacs, whatever, you can still use that. So go to Marked to, as in the numeral, app.com and learn about that. Is this too much fake follow-up? You want to talk about tasks? We'll talk about a phone? Let's talk about, talk about uh, what we I want about? to mention Brett Kelly's book briefly. This is in Notes too. I'm not a big Evernote user. I, 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 it's times where I really get into Evernote. If you want to get started with Evernote, please go get Evernote Essentials by Brett Kelly. Um, it's, it's the go-to if you want to do anything with Evernote. I mentioned it because there's a new edition out. Evernote's had a whole bunch of exciting announcements in the last week or two. 
Um, it's in show notes. I just want to mention that if you're one of the many, many people who's using Evernote and all the millions of ways it can be used, treat yourself to a copy of Brett's book. And if you've got a friend that you're trying to get excited about Evernote, get him a copy of this because uh, it, it'll show you, uh, get, really help you get your hands around what can be a very amorphous app. It's, it's one of those things that's kind of hard to explain to people what Evernote for, is for because it could kind of be for everything. And so please check out uh, Evernote Essentials. Just wanted to mention that. You know, I get paid for each of these mentions. You yeah, know I know, I know. A little uh, under the table action, as you could say. Sure, one hand. And uh, you keep one hand on top of the table, one hand down there. So what? <laughs> you want to play it? Yeah, go ahead. I, I need to get break. angry when I when I play it. I, I do get angry. Go ahead, though. I need I need a tea break. All right, hang on. One dog goes one way, and the other dog goes the other way. One is going east, and the other one is going west. So what? There you go. You back? What are you doing? Tea? I can't hear it. I'm not hearing. Oh, you didn't hear it? Well, I played. I played. I got to route the thing (laughs) back. I got a new thing on there. I got. Funny when she says that. Um. See, now all of a sudden I'm the doofus. No, I just it's my fault for not hooking. I because we got it. We I got rid of the Mackie. I'm on an Inbox Pro temporarily. Huh. I know. We should talk more about that someday. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Evernote Mac power users on security. Um, how much time we got? We're not doing too bad. I'll just do a couple more real quick and we'll wrap it up. Uh, the iPhone thing's not actually all that interesting. Don't forget our uh, last, last the, sponsor, too. I know. We're still going to talk about tasks and calendars, right? Yeah. Remember the milk. Remember the milk. I'll remember to remember the Come milk. Come in with the milk. Yeah. This is not that interesting. But um, um, Mac Power Users, latest episode on, on security stuff. I think it was pretty good. Um, uh, so that's in show notes. They talk about various things having to do with Mac and iOS and how to try to be a little more secure and private with stuff. I, I, this, is just, this is just a concept that I want to toss out from time to time because it's always in the back of my head when people talk about security, especially with regard to things like email. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say this to go like booga booga and freak you out, but I do want you to think about this, that no matter how good you are at security, you're still kind of only as good as other people's security. You know, it's, so it's one thing to be really good about the security of your own uh, email setup, for example, mm-hmm. but you know, be circumspect about what you send people in email, just because now it's in their email too. And if if just because you know you may have done way more than fifty percent of the heavy lifting to encrypt things and be safe and stuff like that, but if they decrypt it and then it just sits there as an attachment, you know, on a on a <laughs> on a phone that doesn't have a passcode, right? Like apparently fifty percent of phones, uh, just something to think about. Uh, I don't know. That might be a topic to talk about someday, but I, I, I don't know. I think that's worth thinking about. David goes into some detail. Something that freaks me out. You know, people who are always like, "Oh, send me this form. Send me that form. Send me this this routing number." And I'm like, I, I don't feel great like emailing that information. No kidding. You know, and and of all, there are all the solutions I've come up with are half measures. Stuff I talked about on one episode of Mac Power Users. Stuff like, you know, you can name something a random name put it on Dropbox and have Hazel automatically delete it after a while. But still, if that person ever downloaded it, you don't have any control over what they they or some nefarious person does with mm-hmm. whatever you send them. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that as we get better at this stuff, and we all try to latch our screen doors more, I think there's still a conversation to be had about what we do with other people's stuff and also just being a little bit more realistic about the things that we can protect and should protect. And I don't know. I don't really have anything to say, but do you have a thought on that? Well, you must, you must deal with this a lot. You got to send a lot of stuff around that's potentially sensitive. Yeah, Probably I mean, people who don't want to, people who are just like, just text me your social security number. Right, and I, I mean, I hate that kind of thing, and I hate when 
when there's no other real alternative as to how to send things and the whole idea of like every email that you send, especially if it's sent through like Google or something, it's deleted, but is it really deleted? You know, all of this stuff that's, you know, it, it, it doesn't make me happy, but I don't really know of a better way to do this kind of thing. I forget what it was, but I think I had to upload something for an accountant that, you know, they, I think they were using Max and I said, well, so I talked to John Syracuse about it and I talked to Dave Nanian, the guy that does super duper, who knows more about drives and volumes and images than like any other human alive, living or dead. And I asked both of them, I said, well, can I, you know, like if, if I made one of these like sparse bundles and encrypted it and put this stuff in it, I could tell them the password on the phone. I could put it up on whatever Dropbox and they could pull it down. And, and John was like, well, I wouldn't leave that up on Dropbox. Maybe put it up there till they downloaded it and then delete it. And then when I was talking to Nanian about it, he's like, well, he's like, once it's on Dropbox, it's always on Dropbox. And that they delete stuff, but but it's still better. It's still it's still a step better than you were before. Yes, it's a little bit better. But there is there is nothing other than like other than putting something on a little thumb drive and like walking it over and putting it into their computer and opening it for them themselves. Like you you have you have to now trust everything that's in between you and them and them and every device that they have access to but, and everyone and that has access to their devices. Yeah, and ultimately, and here's here, I think what we're dealing with in some ways, um, and forgive me if I sound like that guy, but it's a kind of hegemony that's similar to what we face with Microsoft Office, mm. where again, let's just all sing along again. No, nobody loves using Microsoft Office. I have not deliberately opened Office except for specific professions I have to deal with. I haven't deliberately opened anything in Office in a very, very, very long time. Yeah, the only time I do anything with that is because people demand it, and then look at me like I'm one of the hill people if I don't want to open up Microsoft Word. That's serious hegemony. I mean, if you're dealing with professionals in your life who have to have it in Excel or have to have it in Word, well, that's the decision they've made, and now you're the loser. You've got to just deal with that. Right. I feel, I feel like I've faced the same thing in business where, let's say somebody's contacted me for a gig and says, you know, okay, well, let me introduce you to Bob and send Bob all of your information. You know, fill out these forms, do these things, send all your stuff, and... I, I feel very awkward about that because I don't even feel great sending that to my contact, let alone sending it to Bob. I don't know who Bob is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, well, I trust this. I, there's, a, there's enough trust. That I have enough trust in the system of credit cards to give this to my server and go run it. That, might, that person might be a meth head. I don't know. But the safeguards are in place where if that credit card number goes away, I can get a different one. But I don't know. It's... I guess I guess I you know how I like the, the 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 hard questions or the impossible questions. I just think that's an interesting impossible question to think about yeah. is knowing that you know your chain is only as strong as its weakest link, and if you're compelled to you know hand that off to somebody, you know what are the implications? What are the responsibilities of that person? Mm-hmm. You know, once again, all these companies have all these crazy rules about quote unquote security, right? But and they're all diff- these- they're all different, even if they're even if they sound good, there's always a little detail that's different from the way every other company is doing. Yep. And the dirt, the dirt, one of the dirty little secrets of all management is that nobody implements, nobody puts anything into place that doesn't make their life easier and isn't easy to manage. People implement things that are easy to manage. And so they want a system that they can understand 
and that they can follow, even if it's not the optimal system for somebody who's compelled to use it. You know, it's anybody who's ever had to argue, you know, it, it's, it's, you can get over, over subtle about this, but you know, it's, it's hard to be in MIS or IT and it's hard to be the person who's not in MIS or IT. This goes, we've talked about this for a long time. The lights, Dan. Oh, the lights. Operations, am I right? Yeah. I, okay, I got nothing. <sighs> so we got Charlie XCX and her song Super Love, which uh, I don't think it's even, Dan, I don't think it's out as a single yet. Really, it's the only way to get it is that YouTube video that you're into. Or our applications that you buy that uh, pull videos out of YouTube videos. Hmm. And then Fission uh, by uh, Paul Cafasis that will uh, take audio out of video files. If such a thing exists. No, I don't know anything about that. I can't. Yeah. Wouldn't know of a should, way to use it. Flex, flex it up. All right. Um, okay. I think that's most stuff. Would you like to tell me about something else that you like? This is something that's really cool that I have, I have hesitated for a long time to use something like this because the ones that I've tried or that I've seen other people use have been subpar for the way that I want to work with these things. And of course, of course, I'm talking about a way to connect to my Mac from my iOS device. You go on the road and you say, you know what? I'm just going to take my iPad with me or my iPhone with me or whatever. And, or maybe your iPod touch if you're John Syracuse, <laughs> but you know that there's going to be that chance that you're going to have to remote to your Mac for some reason. This kind of thing happens to me all the time. So I wind up just taking my Mac with me, which is not, it's not that big of a deal, but I would like to travel lighter sometimes. And there are a ton of remote access clients in the app store, but this, this one, which I'm telling you about now called air login. It's really different. None, none of the other ones can do what this one does. And the one thing that you will notice, the first thing that's going to jump out at you with this, and wh- this is like the key, this is what makes the whole thing possible, is it keeps, so you're, you're on your, let's say you have your iPad, and you're using your iPad to connect to your Mac that's sitting on your desktop. This is going to keep the Mac menu bar pinned to the top of your iOS screen, even when you zoom and pan and use the rest of the screen to get to the little UI elements or whatever. And the menu works instantly because it's cached locally. It doesn't need to communicate back and forth to the computer until you select a menu item. How oh my cool God, is that? That's, this, this is so cool. It's really cool. And so they've got a mission control-like feature they call AppGrid. It lets you focus on a particular Mac window or app. And they have a custom keyboard that gives you all the special Mac keys on your iPhone or your iPad or whatever you're using. And uh, and they have these AirConnect servers. They connect your devices even if they're behind firewalls or if you're over a cell connection or even if you're on like one of these super restrictive networks. It can still work. If your Mac can surf the web, AirLogin can operate it remotely. That's the thing to remember. So go check this out. It's really, really great. The company behind this is called Avatron. And they've made air sharing. They did air display, air dictate, print sharing, all of this other stuff. Well, this is the new one, Air Login. is a really, really, really cool app. Uh, it's over on Avatron, A-V-A-T-R-O-N.com. Uh, you can also uh, just uh, go to the show notes that we've told you. But here's the thing. Air Login is free to try out or use forever if you're using it between a Mac and iOS that are on the same network. Okay, but like a lot of these remote access services, if you want to use this thing when you're on the go, they've got a couple special deals for you, different ways to subscribe to this. $4.99 for 90 days or fifteen bucks, four fourteen ninety nine a year. No limit on the number of devices you can connect with your subscription, which is important. And uh, again, go over, try air logging out, 
com. Wherever you go, there's your Mac. That's their slogan. They're going to have to run with that. I'm just an idea guy. That's a good one. Avatron.com. Thanks very much to the folks behind AirLogin for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work with Merlin Mann. God, you're a bro. It's, a, it's real frustrating. I've got uh, apps that I like a lot for doing that, but I find myself drifting over the virtual appearance of a 30-inch screen Yeah, on an iPhone. Yeah. Pain. And you're like, floop, 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 yeah. floop, floop. I have no idea where I am. That still feels like magic to me. It is magic. Magic. You're magic. Yeah, thank you. You're... Hmm. Air login. Um, so we could we could talk about calendars and tasks. This is a weird episode. I'm sorry, Dan. I like the weird ones. This one's good. This one's about helping people be more productive. Yeah. Okay, let's say one thing about the phone. Yeah, which say, phone did you get? Why don't you even tell me? Because you got the say, gold one? Let's say one thing about the phone. Okay. The fingerprint scanning, the touch ID. Okay, so you got an F5S then. It's fast. But it's not that fast. Mine's super fast. Well, it's... Hold on, watch. Okay, phone is off. Pressing the button, holding the finger down. It's logged in. That's how long it took. I said it's logged in. I already saw the display up before I even said that. It's fast, but it's not that fast. Pressing the button, holding my finger on it, main screen. That's how long that took. Okay, it's that fast. Is yours not Uh, that fast? Do you have fingerprints still? Let's talk about uh, morbidly obese fingers. Oh yeah, I saw a guy. He had That's these little Vienna sausages trying to turn huge hand. He's tapping on it. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, tasks and calendar items. Yeah, <clears throat> let's get to the functional component. Okay. Um, is this interesting? I think this is what people. Uh... Yeah. I feel like we kind of already covered it, but it's. Uh, I think it's pretty important. So should we go for it? Yeah, let's let's knock it out of the park. Um, I'm trying to not just make this a big uh, getting things done thing, except that, you know, getting things done has had such a big uh, impact on on how I think about this stuff that it's kind of hard to um, untangle it from my own feelings. There's, you know, there's things where I've definitely diverted from um, canonical GTD over the years. But one of the things I really believe in is that if you can make it through any parts of that big process of figuring out what it is you have to do, you're going to end up with stuff if you do it right. That is in a few different areas. Um, you're going to have an area of task items, like uh, you know, action items, things that you can do, things like sentences with verbs that you've written about things that you're going to do. You're going to have stuff on a calendar. You're going to have stuff in reference files. You could have something on what's called a someday maybe list. However it ends up, those silos are very meaningful because it means that you took, took this immense amount of data out in the world, made a decision about it, and then said, this is where this goes, as far as I know, forever. This is where this is going to go. And there's just so much benefit to doing that. Um, if, you, if, 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 if even one out of 20 times you put your fork that you just washed somewhere random in the house rather than the silverware drawer, you'd eventually start to feel a little bit crazy. Because there's absolutely nowhere else in the entire world that that should go except in that drawer. Now, life is seldom that tidy, but it can sometimes be tidier than we think. And the main reason we have trouble figuring out where to put things or the reason we wonder why things aren't getting accomplished in the way we'd like is because we never never really did that capture. Mm-hmm. We never really did that processing. And if we did do that processing, we immediately scurried into some version of doing it mm-hmm. that did not have us putting everything where it needed to be forever. And that's why I think putting those things in the right place really matters and knowing what your level of commitment is in every case. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. Really? Yes. 
Because I think people half-ass that. And I think calendars are where people half-ass that really, really badly. And part of this is just bad. There's so many bad habits that are encouraged or have been encouraged by calendars over the years. Example. Number uh, automatic or the default length of a meeting being one hour. Pretty much just about every calendar app that's ever existed. I would say over 80 or 90% of the calendar apps I've ever used in the past 500 years, if you click and start to create an event, the default length and time of that event will be 60 minutes. Which now you might think, well, that's okay. Well, that's what it should be. That's like what it is. But like, why? Why would the default length of an event be one hour long? Is that really healthy? Like, (laughs) Think about it. Like, what if, what if just, oh boy, just blue sky solutioneering. What if all those many years ago, what if that default instead were 15 minutes? Is there a chance that that would change a little bit about how we do stuff? Because defaults matter, I think. Uh, you know, again, back to that Jeffine quote about trying to make the right thing the easy thing. Mm. Whatever you make the automatic thing, it better be the best possible version of that that you can come up with in the absence of extra information. And to me, making the default length of a meeting one hour long or an event one hour long, it's not a great place to start. Um, because then w- what's the implication? Well, the implication is if I need it to be shorter, I drag it, but that's a pain compared to doing nothing. Mm-hmm. What if it were 15 minutes long by default? Well, that way, well, it might need to be longer, but making it longer would be a pain. I just think of those two worlds, I'd rather the default be 15 minutes rather right. than an hour. Right. Or for that matter, what if somebody decided the default uh, link should be two hours? Why isn't it that? Well, because that's just what we came up with. That's, that's one bad habit. There are other bad uh, social or cultural habits, I think. I think the whole idea of being able to put events on someone else's calendar, um, I, 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 haven't, I haven't used Exchange in a day-to-day environment, but it sounds like it's pretty easy in most offices that use Exchange Tell me if this is right, but you can you can go in and just put an event on somebody else's calendar, right? You can, well, it yeah, it depends on how they've sh- on Exchange. I don't know, but I know like with Google Docs, you can if they've shared it to you when you're within the same organization and they've given you that privilege. Well, I know, yeah, I'm aware of that with inviting somebody right. via iCal by ICS, you know, format. Yeah, but based on what I hear inside of companies when I talk to people, yeah, it it sounds like it's pretty SOP for somebody. When they, when they say call a meeting, they put a meeting on your calendar, and I guess you get a notification about it. Right. But it seems extremely weird to me to be, I guess in your case, you would say, like, if you have a staff member who you want to do a task, it makes sense for you to be able to do that. If you have people who work only for you, right. it's valuable for you to be able to say, here's a meeting you all are going to be at. Right. But when you're collaborating with people, I mean, how would you feel if I just started putting stuff on your calendar? Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be weird? It would upset me. It feels really invasive to me in the same way that I would never want an app where people can just add tasks in their own words with their own due dates to my task list. It's, it's really strange. I mean, it's, it wouldn't be so different from, um, I can't, actually, I can't think of many better examples of weird, <laughs> unless it was like putting things <laughs> on my grocery list. Right. Well, I, you need to get this. Why? Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait, wait, you, you just put green vegetable on here? What does that mean? Yeah. Well, I don't know, just I'm busy. Well, okay, well, what? You're telling me I should eat more broccoli? I, I'm busy, I gotta go. Well, you know, I, I always feel like, maybe this is the GTD person in me, but I really feel like you have to present things to people in a palatable way and then give them the opportunity 
to go put that in their, in their own way. The way you and I might record a task, the way you and I record tasks of things we have to do are probably going to be extremely different. Oh, yeah. And about the last place in the world I would ever want to look for what I have to do is <laughs> having yet another inbox apart from email. Imagine having another inbox where now I have to see what I have to go to or have to do that other people have given me. That would be so disruptive. It would be like when DC comes along and tells you to change your whole plot line after you've written <laughs> six issues or whatever, right? <laughs> right. Like, well, no, that's not how I was going to do it. But I don't know. I guess the case I would want to make, just quickly, is that to, to just underscore the difference between tasks and calendar items. The thing that all these things have in common is that you're the one who has to decide what those things are, how you define it, where you put it, what you're going to do about it, if you're going to do anything about it. And then, of course, consequently, I guess, accepting... Uh, the consequences of not doing it or doing it at a certain time. There's no way around that, though. Um, I don't think. But if you're going to, I guess the the functional component, uh, what are the kinds of things that belong on a calendar versus not? Have we talked about this too much? No, I don't, I don't know. And I think a while back, I remember you going into this a little bit and saying these are the these are the actual things that are going to take place versus tasks like people will put on their calendar like grocery store and not put a time on it or something but what right. yeah let's let's definitely go over this again well uh let's take the example of like a student like if you're a student i think it's probably a good idea for you to have your i'm guessing to have your class calendar um on your calendar so you can see when you pop up see what the week looks like you can get a view of how your time will be spent it, assuming you know i guess you paid for those classes you're probably going to want to go to those all the all of the calendar things, all the things that you have to go to, maybe even on a calendar called classes, however you think of it. Um, I think a study session where you've agreed to go and study with somebody in the library at a certain time, if you've agreed to be there with three or four other people, and especially if they need you to be there, I would absolutely put that on there. Study time that you're going to do on your own at the library, I think that's if I think you, you could put it on there, but if you... As I like to say, if, if you end up not fulfilling uh, that little contract with yourself to be at that library at a certain time, then that probably doesn't belong on your list. Mm -hmm. It depends a lot on, on, on your environment and so forth. But I would definitely, personally, I would, deadlines for papers? Sure, probably. But stuff like, what is the homework that I have to do today or what's due in the next week? I would never put on a calendar. Because you could do those things at any time having a deadline for when something is due and then monitoring that in a way that's healthy and sane is really good for you. But putting stuff on the calendar that isn't actually about date, time, and location is not super helpful. And so I would see this splitting off into two, at least two different areas. One, obviously, is a task list. If there's stuff that you have to do, I think that goes on a task list. Yeah. Form it in, in the GTD language. You would form that in as, as like a closest thing you can to like a transitive sentence that's a physical verb, you know? Not maybe not transitive, but you know, take, uh, take, drop off dry cleaning, you know, at the dry cleaners. You know, that's really different from deal with clothes or do laundry. But well, what is do laundry? Right. Well, do you have laundry detergent? Do you have all that stuff? Specific items put on a task list. The other thing I think is great is reminders and timers and stuff like that. I really I use reminders constantly um, on you know iOS and yeah. here's another example for you Dan I think it's easier to add a reminder on the phone than it is on the Mac oh yeah much easier I mean think how much typing is involved in you know uh, remind you know get get my get my flu shot when I arrive at Walgreens in 30 minutes that's so much easier to say than it is to type I mean, assumes assuming Siri is working 
I think that's really good. I think apps like Do can be very good. D-U-E uh, is a really good app. I, I wish some of the functionality of Do was just built into the Mac, but it's not. Like with my daughter, like I, I'm not going to put a thing on the calendar that says today from 2 p.m. to 2.20 p.m. my daughter can play video games. Because that, well, that doesn't have to happen at that time. And if it does happen at that time in my house, I turn on a timer. And I say, okay, you get to play for 20 minutes. I'm going to give you a warning at 15 minutes. Right, right. They need the warning. And then before the 20 minutes is up, I want you to close the iPad and hand it to me and say thanks. And that's how you get to play more video games in the future is I don't come in and bug you. When you do that well, that to me now, that kind of a pattern is really healthy to me. That doesn't belong on the calendar. Mm -hmm. That belongs back in my life with me taking care of it. Do you, have, do you have things like this, Dan, that you would like to contribute? You know, I this is where I kind of, I don't want to make you feel too good by saying I'm in awe of your diligence to to this kind of differentiation. I definitely fall into the category of people who are doing it wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you're trying, you're trying. I do try. I mean, I think, you know, just the fact that you take take pains to organize your day so much, I think it it's so easy to be lazy about it and not do it at all. And what I found is that I can't function in in my regular like day while I'm in the studio, while I'm in the office without a calendar. But like as soon as I leave, that kind of just goes out the window. Like I screw it, you know, oh yeah, I think we're doing this thing at five on Saturday. I can't really remember. And I just kind of stand around and wait to be told what to do. And and that doesn't really work. And I I don't, when I think about it, I don't really understand why I've made that differentiation. Why do I treat work seriously when it comes to managing my time? But even though there's just as many things for me to do when I'm not at work, why don't I take the same approach to that? And I don't really have an answer. I don't think you're unusual in that regard at all. I think that's extremely common. And um, I, I mean, my wife and I are both really good about calendar stuff at work and we're, we both try to be really good about it at home. Um, you know, if we had some kind of like a full-time nanny person who could manage all of that stuff, that would be different. But we really do, you know, we're the, we're the ones who run that project. Um, I, think, I think part of it is a certain, I guess, a certain kind of mindfulness or a certain kind of uh, getting good at noticing, what's the term we used last week? Events and triggers, triggers and events, you know? Like when, starting to notice when you probably should write something down because something just happened. But I think it comes down to I'll just say it in two simple words, managing expectations is because the reason I, I rely heavily on calendars is because of expectations of my expectations and other people's expectations. And I care so much more about my stuff than other people's stuff mm -hmm. that it would just blow your mind. Like how much more I care about my stuff, but I also, I want to care about other people's stuff. So that's why I need that scaffolding. And so if I, somebody says like, I just plow through a whole bunch of email, like people, Oh, you know, want to do interviews and stuff. And in order for me to do that stuff, I have, to, I have to be the one who's very overt about saying, this is when I'm available. Let me just suggest we do it at this time. Try to gang all those together. I've got to be the den mother on reminding them that right. it happens on this date because they probably didn't write it down. But that, that to me is like the only way I feel like I can get any way, like halfway near meeting those expectations is to put it outside my brain. Mm. And that's... Because I'm such an anxious, flustered person that if I didn't do that, I think I would feel completely crazy. And with the kid stuff, it's, it's just there's so many things of like one hour here, one hour there. You got to go do this thing. And even when you do write it all down, there's collisions. Like in your case with two kids, that must be completely perplexing. Like, you know, yeah. who's got the ball right. kind of stuff. Yeah. 
you have a shared family calendar? Uh, no. Wow, I don't know how you do it. I know. That's what I'm saying. I've got to rethink everything. I got to up my game a little bit. Put my yeah. game face on. Yeah, last, last thing uh, that I think is useful. Like, you know, with Google, you get this primary calendar that has special abilities that the other calendars don't have. That's where I put only stuff that I have to know about and my wife can see it. But it's like, you know, the, my, my you know, Merlin calendar on Google is like my stuff. It's mm-hmm. the stuff that is like, this is real stuff in the room. I would and never so she put subscribes st- to that. Yeah, she can, she can view it. And that it. way it's like, I, I, I don't need to ask Merlin, is he going to the comic book meetup thing? She's just going to see it on there. But it's not on the shared calendar because she's not involved in that. She just needs right. to know that you're doing that. Right. So I've got my calendar and then we've got a family calendar for anything that involves, especially our daughter and then at least one of us, yeah. obviously. So the thing is, that makes it easy for me. I can flip off the family calendar stuff when I'm doing my, doing my thing. But then if I have to look at that big landscape... I can flip on my calendar, right. flip on the family calendar and look for anywhere where there's going to be a, um, you know, it's, it's easy enough to find serious collisions. What's trickier to find is like, I haven't really thought this out stuff. Like those two events, like after we do this thing all morning and afternoon, and then we have a birthday party an hour after we're done with that. Mm-hmm. Wow. We're both going to be really tired. Oh yeah we're probably going to want to rest before we go to that party. Otherwise, you might as well just take the party off. That, that's an example for me. Is like, I, I like to try and review stuff like that. Now, the other thing is, I, have an, I would suggest having a calendar like I do called environment. So I have one calendar that's just stuff I might want to know about. So the day the Thor movie is out um, in theaters, the day that The World's End comes out on Blu-ray, expecting a payment on this, this thing. Um, Stuff that I don't really need to necessarily do anything specific about, but I'd want to see. Mm-hmm. So why? Because then if I hit my calendar, I hit the family calendar, I hit the environment calendar, I can say, you know, I should plan something cool for this weekend. Oh, just like I did last weekend. Hey, Claudia with a Chance of Meatballs 2 comes out. I'll buy tickets for that now. That goes on my task list. And now I have a thing to do this weekend by having those three calendars work together. So, it, you know, it isn't just like stuff that you have to do. It's stuff that you want to do. But in order to do that sensibly, confidently, and in a non-anxious way, it all has to be there somewhere. So now the downside is I'm a nervous wreck if I find out there's stuff that's not on the calendar that I didn't know about because I start scrambling. But right. It's like when you misplace your, your pill bottle or something. My pill bottles, my spectacles. The, movies, the movie was not as good as the first one, but it was pretty good. It's got a very cute strawberry in it. Which, wait, wait which one are you talking about? Cloudy with a Chance to Meet Oh. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. Pretty it's good or not, not so good overall? Eh, you know, it's a uh, you, you, it's a good it's a good napper. It's good to take a nap during that one. I watched the whole thing. The villain of it, I think he's supposed to be like Steve Jobs, kind of, except he looks like uh, that guy from All Things Deep. Who's that mean old guy? Who's that mean old guy? Looks like Pan. What's his name? <laughs> yeah, the All Things Wal- Walter, uh, Walt, uh, Walter uh, Mossberg. Ben- Mossberg. Mossberg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, get a little Mossberg on your calendar. Uh, tap your meat stack. I think that's good enough for this week. You feel good about this, Dan? Yeah, I like this one. Is there anything else that we should underscore or review? I feel like we hit all the uh, main points. So tap your, uh, how, many, how many steps you got? Oh, right, right now? Oh, it's emba- I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm only on the second. I'm just flashing on number three. Wow. Oh, also in show notes, so underscore David Smith has put out a free app that will do your do step counting based on the M7 chip. Uh, that is in show notes I wanted to mention. And the other thing is I picked up an app today for the iPhone that is called 
the title of Strava Run. And it's like any one of these run run keeper kind of apps, but it also show, it uses the M7 to show you like where you were GPS wise, how many steps. And it, weirdly enough, does not cream your battery. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I think those apps are starting to come out. I think you're going to see a lot of pedometer oh, apps yeah. coming out. But probably not any that have a cool keychain. Yeah, probably not. This is the coolest. 80s, Dan. I know. They hang from the little, uh, they dangle. Dangle from the dingus. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's button this up. I love you. I love you too, Merlin Man. <laughs>